0: To episode 2 of Napod Pomo Podcast, a spider a day. On episode 1, I stupidly called it Nanopodmo, conflating the two separate events of Nanoremo and Napod Pomo, National Podcast Posting Month. That was a dumb oversight, and I apologize profusely. Also, Napod Pomo is much harder to say, so I'm glad I only have to do it four times in this episode. Phew! I'm Donna, and I'm a co host of the Varmints Podcast part of the Podfix Network. Search the internets for those names, and you will find us wherever podcasts are found. Spiders are weird and creepy, but also oddly compelling, and some of them are even adorable. Today I'll tell you a bit about the oddly interesting little weirdo, the diving bell spider. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Bah ha 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 ha! The diving bell spider, or water spider, Argyroneta aquatica, is a species distributed throughout northern and central Europe, Siberia, and central Asia. There are also isolated populations of this species in Japan that have been denoted as the subspecies Argyroneta aquatica japonica. This is the only spider that lives its whole life underwater. I mean, they might surface now and again for one reason or another but they're submariners for, like, 99% of their lives. I'm guessing on that statistic, but you get the idea. The diving bell spider lives in eutrophic lakes. These are shallow lakes with murky water and mucky soft bottoms. And ponds, marshes, swamps, and sometimes slowly moving streams. The water they live in has a relatively low pH. And a low dissolved oxygen concentration, meaning there's not a lot of oxygen in the water. Diving bell spiders need to anchor their bubble nests on water plants, and they use them to attach a line to when they're diving down in the water to hunt for food. When they are underwater, the diving bell spider has a kind of a silvery look because light shines off of the air bubble surrounding its abdomen. When it is out of the water, it has a brown cephalothorax and a dark, velvety abdomen. The abdomen is covered all over with little tiny hairs that the spider uses to capture a bubble of air. Spiders' respiratory organs are in their abdomen, and so keeping this bubble of air around their butts allows them to breathe underwater. And when they return to their bubble nest, the water goes BOOP and merges with the water bubble, reoxygenating the nest. Males range from 7.8 to 18.7 millimeters, that's a third of an inch to three-quarters of an inch in length, while females range from 7.8 to 13.1 millimeters, a third of an inch to a half an inch. Males of this species are usually larger than the females, which is unusual in spiders. This is thought to occur because bigger males have a mobility advantage over smaller males in their dense water habitat, and might have developed this because males tend to hunt further away from their attachment site, and they also have to seek out females for mating. Female size may be limited because she needs to build a nest large enough to serve as a breeding shelter, a brooding chamber, and a regular old house. Females transport air to their nest more frequently than males do. So, if you don't need a very big nest, it means less energy expenditure on hauling oxygen back and forth, and more on hunting prey or taking care of eggs. To woo the attention of a female diving bell spider, the male enters her diving bell and chases her out into the water. Rude! The female decides if she wants the male or not, after a simple greeting ritual, which involves a bit of touching and patting with the front legs. And if she likes him, they will engage in courtship swimming around the area near her bubble nest. If she doesn't want the male, the female will get aggressive and chase him out of her nest. Hit the road, Jack! Mating takes place inside the bubble nest, after which the male hangs out for a little bit, compliments her bubble placement, and leaves. But it's okay, because she's busy building an egg sac for her newly fertilized baby spider eggs. Baby diving bell spiders are guarded by their mom until they hatch. They bite their way out of their egg sacs and hang out in the nest, continuing to develop until they are two to four weeks old, or until they've completed their fourth molt. After this, they take off to find their own way in the world, either by swimming, or some report, by using their silk to sail on the wind and find new ponds to live in. Diving bell spiders are carnivorous, and depending on where they live, their diet may include water fleas, aquatic isopods, like... Aquatic pill bugs? Wow! I told Paul, put this on the list, we're doing a show about these guys. Insect larvae, fairy shrimp, and sometimes... eek! Other water spiders might be on the menu. One mini-documentary I watched even said that they can prey on tadpoles and fish fry. Wow. Water spiders are helpful in reducing the number of mosquito larvae that make it to adulthood, so that is a huge bonus to having them in the world. Their bite is said to be very painful and will result in inflammation to the bite area and fever, but I was unable to find any information on the topic that wasn't anecdotal. Certainly, it's not fatal, and I think you can avoid being bitten by staying out of murky ponds and stuff like that. Now you know a few amazing things about the diving bell or water spider. Join me tomorrow for a smattering of facts on Napod Pomo Spider A Day! I guess that means it's not really a spider a day, but a spider a day or some episodes full of fun facts but not necessarily an individual spider didn't roll off the tongue quite as well. See ya! You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter. Official underscore podfix on Instagram, at PodFix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The PodFix Network, artist owned and loved.